Oh, good morning. Well, the scripture reading today is from Psalm 119, the first 16 verses. It said, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my way might be established to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would take the word and that you would bring it to us, that you would be present with us, uh, that the power of the Holy Spirit would take the word and, and drive it deep within our hearts and uh, make us different than when we came in here. We ask your help now in delivering the message and for each one hearing. Uh, we give thanks for this morning now in Jesus' name. Amen. So the subject for this morning is delighting in the Lord. Uh, Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. So the two questions, two things we want to look at this morning is, is, what does it mean to delight in the Lord? And how do we get to the point of truly delighting in the Lord rather than as Christians just performing duty, our duty to the Lord? So first, what does it mean to delight in the Lord? What does it mean to delight in another person? You can think of times in your life where you really look forward that it was your greatest joy and greatest pleasure to spend time with a specific person. Maybe as a child, you looked with great anticipation at going to your grandparents' house because when you got there, they spoiled you. I know what that's like. My wife is very good at it. <laughs> Maybe a former roommate in college that you haven't seen in a long time, but then when you connect again, you it's like you just pick up right where you left off and your time with that person is, is just a, a great encouragement and a blessing to you. Uh, maybe it's the first person you ever dated that uh, you couldn't spend enough time with that person. Or it's like the, the time you know, when your spouse is gone for the weekend with her friends and you just feel like there's something missing in your life because 
because here she is not here. Uh, when we delight with someone, you want to spend a lot of time with them, and being with them brings you the greatest enjoyment. Delighting carries the idea of a closeness and a connectedness involving the whole person. When the scripture speaks of us delighting in the Lord, it calls us to a deep and intimate relationship with our Savior and Lord, where our greatest pleasure in spending time with Him. Since the Word of God is a reflection of the nature and character of, of uh, Jesus Christ, delighting in His Word is synonymous with delighting in our relationship with Him. When we are in the Scriptures, we, spend, we are spending time with a person. He speaks to us through His Word, and we speak to Him through our prayers. When we spend time with another human being, we get to know them, the things that they like and dislike, and everything about them. And as our relationship grows deeper, we desire to know what we can do to please them and what things hurt them so that we can avoid those things. So the same thing is true with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Sometimes we forget that He's a person and not some vague spiritual entity. We are created in His image, and through His Word, we get to know what He likes. We get to know about His greatness, His mercy, and His unconditional love. We fall in love with Him in response to His love for us. To delight in His Word is a call to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him because it's through His Word that He reveals Himself to us. When we delight in our Savior, we want to know everything He has to say to us what pleases Him, and what is offensive to Him. Psalm 119 is a reflection of the heart of a person who delights in the Word of God and as a result delights in the deeper relationship with Him. Psalm 119 elevates the Word of God to its proper place as an essential part in the life of a believer. I read that there really is not an outline to Psalm 119, there are different themes that run through it. I read the first 16 verses as opposed to reading all 176 verses because I figured that's all they'd be doing this morning. But as you, as you read through Psalm 119, and, and a lot of the verses that I'm going to quote are from it, uh, you see this, the reflection of the heart of a person who desires to be with the Lord, who delights in being in His presence. So it, it acts as, a, as an instruction for us in terms of a, a, the goal to look at. Uh, verse 16 of Psalm 119, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Uh, your Verses 24, your testimonies are also are my delight. They are my counselors. Therefore, delighting in the, in the, in the word of God involves fully being fully engaged, wholeheartedly growing in love with Jesus Christ Himself. Verse 47 says, I shall delight in your commandments, which I love. Verse 127 says, I love your commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. 
Delighting in the Lord and in His Word is a much deeper relationship that surpasses good moral behavior, serving in the church, having good habits or religious disciplines. When we delight in being in, his, in the presence of the Lord, it produces great joy in our hearts. Verse 111 says, I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Delighting in the Lord produces a wholehearted delight, desire to seek after the Lord and to know His thoughts and, and desires towards us. Verse 2 says, How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. You see that phrase used a lot in Psalm 119. Verse 10, With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Verse 123, My eyes fail with longing for your salvation and for your righteous word. You, you, you see terms like that all through the book. You know, with all of our heart, a longing to be with Him. Uh, delighting in the Lord produces a growing desire to walk in obedience to the Word of God. Verse 11 says, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Verse 34, Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Verse 129, Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul observes them. Obedience stops being a lot of do's and don'ts that we grudgingly obey, and it becomes a delight to obey them out of love for the one who died and paid the price for our sins on the cross. John 14.23 says, Jesus answered and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. That whole idea of abode with Him is again that sense of intimacy, of drawing us into His presence. And 1 John 5.3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You know, it's that delight that moves, that's wanting to know what the Word of God says so that we can, that we can do it, because that's what pleases Him. Delighting in the Word sustains us during difficult times because we know He cares about our every need. Verse 50, This is my comfort in my affliction that Your Word has revived me. Verse 92, If Your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. It's really the Word of God is our sustenance through difficult times. So the, how do we get to the point of truly delighting in the Lord through His Word? That's the, the question. The bottom line is in growing deeper in a relationship with anyone, you have to spend time with them. As you get to know that person, the desire to be with them grows to the point where you put other things aside 
in order to be with them. I think of a friend of mine named Jason whose son all through high school would, uh, was always off with his friends. They, they would go fishing, they'd play basketball, they would do everything together. And I always would ask him, I said, well, does he have any, any girls he's interested in? And he says, no, he just enjoys being with his friends. And then he graduated and met the girl. <laughs> and everything changed. That he, uh, suddenly his, his, his friends became second in line. So we gravitate to being with the one we love the most. The same truth applies to spending time in the Word of God. As we seek to get to know Jesus better by spending time in His Word, the Holy Spirit takes the Word and produces in us a growing desire to, uh, to be with Him and a greater love for Him. But because we still have a sin nature, our natural tendency is not towards commitment to spending time in the Word of God, but to gravitate towards self-indulgence. I work hard at my job and my responsibilities at home, so my natural thinking is that I deserve something for me. We think we have put in our time on spiritual things on Sunday morning and believe we have satisfied our obligation to God. But delighting in the Lord never sees spending time with the Lord in His Word as an obligation, but rather as a privilege to be in His presence. So how do we move from our desire for, for self-indulgence and putting in my time to this passionate level of delighting in Christ and in His Word. The Word of God calls us to meditate on His Word. Psalm 119, again, reveals a link between delighting in the Word and meditating in the Word. Verses 15 and 16, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. That it links those two, the idea of lighting and meditating numerous times. Verse 47 and 48, I will delight in your commandments, which I love, and I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Psalm 1, which also is similar in in goal to Psalm 119 because it elevates the Word of God. Verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So that brings us to the next question is, what is meditation? The world has many concepts about meditation which involve often vague goals. These are some examples of meditation explained by the word. And notice the absence of the involvement of the mind in these definitions. These are just some that I pulled off. In meditation, we learn to identify with our core of self-awareness rather than with our thoughts. 
Meditation is emphasizing the importance of shifting your perspective and is identifying with the witnessing aspects of consciousness rather than the thoughts themselves. The goal of meditation is to transcend the mind and experience directly the oneness of the universe. A characteristic of worldly meditation that it is, it is impersonal. It is not dealing with a person. The biblical view of meditation, however, bears no resemblance to Eastern, Transcendental, or New Age meditation. Thomas Watson defined Christian meditation as a holy exercise of the mind, whereby we bring the truths of God to remembrance and do seriously ponder them and apply them to ourselves. In biblical meditation, we actually engage our minds to focus on the Word of God. As we saturate our minds with the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit transforms our heart and mind so that we desire what he desires and love what he loves. Godly meditation centers on the person of Jesus Christ. You know, the work of the Holy... This is, this is a supernatural event that happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, and acceptable and perfect. As we meditate on the Word of God, the Holy Spirit entrenches, entrenches its truths in our hearts and they become an anchor for our soul. The byproduct of biblical meditation is greater peace. Psalm 119 again, verse 165, Those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. The Word of God promises blessing to those who meditate on His truths. Joshua 1.8, verse you're probably familiar with, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Meditation produces insights beyond what the intellect can come up with by observation or human reason. Psalm 119 again, verses 98 and 99. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. The study and meditation on the Word of God is the enemy to compromise in our behavior and counters our ability to rationalize away sin. If you want to stay comfortable with your sin, stay away from the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 104, Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. It produces that sharp contrast between, between good and evil and right and wrong. It widens it so that we can see it clearly. Uh, Hebrews 5.14 But the solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. 
Meditation causes the things of earth to strangely recede into the background in our life and moves our relationship with God to the forefront as we become the one we tre- he becomes the one we treasure above all else. Verse 14, I rejoice in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Verse 72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. So how do we actually meditate? We live in a noisy world. Meditation requires us to find a quiet place and time away from the noise and distractions around us. If you spend time with someone to get to know them and they are constantly distracted by their phone or other things, it hinders the growth of the relationship. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2, My soul, wait in silence for God only. From Him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. Meditation seems, and the Word of God seems foreign to us because we are used to approaching time in the Word as an optional accessory to our life. Our hard attitude is that we put our time in with God so that we can move on to the more important things we need to get done today. We need to see time in the Word daily as an essential foundation to all other activities in our day that, are, that, it, that it is built on. In meditation, you give our, we give our full attention to God. Verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 148, My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. We are constantly being bombarded by the world's philosophies and values that fill our heart minds full of fear and doubt. You know, the one part is spending time meditating on the Word of God. That's a positive thing. The other side of, of movement and delighting of the Lord is reducing the input in our lives of the negative, ungodly, worldly influences that the media bombards us with. It's needing to look at what we're letting into our minds and, and, and know our ears and uh, uh, reducing the, that influence that that has on our lives as we increase the impact that the Word of God has on us. So what part of Scripture do we mem- meditate on? The Psalms are probably the biggest thing that is most valuable, especially Psalm 119. <coughs> psalm 119 is probably the psalm that I spent the most time in my life in because of the transforming power it has. Uh, if I, especially if I'm struggling in an area of sin or, or discouragement, it seems like the Lord just, when I, as I read through it, He, he just brings to that, to that gracious place of repentance and of showing the realness of who He is. Another, uh, in terms of parts of Scripture, is looking to verses that directly deal with areas that you're struggling in, either in sin or discouragement. 
Uh, an example is like taking Psalm 103. If you're having trouble believing that God truly forgives you, uh, meditating on Psalm 103 is, is an excellent choice because it talks about how His forgiveness is not based on our performance. His forgiveness is based on His love. That if we come to Him and repent, He promises forgiveness. Memorizing Scripture is an important uh, aspect of meditating on God's Word. When we memorize Scripture, we can carry it with us and think on it through the day. It becomes further entrenched in our minds and the Holy Spirit brings it to mind at crucial moments when it's needed. You know, you think about if even if you met, memorize one verse every month, at the end of a year, you have 12 verses memorized. If you do one a, a week, that would be 52 verses that you'd have memorized. And the Holy Spirit uses those in great ways to, to change our lives. Having it, and especially when <coughs> excuse me, times of discouragement, uh, he brings it, reminds us of the promises of God. Prayer is also an essential part of meditation and in, in transforming our minds. When we saturate our minds with the Word of God, we pray by th that the Holy Spirit would reveal its truth to us and would make Jesus Christ more great in our, in our hearts and minds. Psalm 119, verse 38, Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. That as we meditate on the word, Jesus Christ becomes greater and the things of earth will grow strangely dim, as the hymn says. Psalm 51, 6, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. So spending time prioritizing reading, studying, meditating, and memorizing the Word of God will be regarded by the world as a waste of time. Satan will oppose you at every turn by telling you that you have more important things that need to be taken care of right now. And your old nature will agree with Satan in the world because it does not want to die to self under the influence of the Word. All of us are busy, and this is not a call to neglect our, own, our other responsibilities, but to start and progressively increase our time in the Word of God. It starts as a choice to discipline yourself to do it, and then the Holy Spirit takes that commitment in the Scriptures and transforms your heart to look forward to those times with the Lord and give you a growing desire and delight to be in His presence. The call to delight in the Lord through meditation <coughs> the call to medit to delight in the Lord through meditation on His Word is a call to radical lifestyle as a follower of Christ and to a deeper level of commitment to seek Him with all your heart. Doing this will cause you to rise above much of the half-hearted, mediocre commitment characterizing modern-day Western Christianity. To delight in the Lord is to love Him more than anything else. I think so, ending with Psalm 63.1, O God, You are my God. I shall seek You earnestly. My soul thirsts for You. 
My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. He calls us in Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 29 Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He delights to spend time with us more than we delight to spend time with Him. So the more we are in His presence, the more we are in His Word, the more He transforms us and gives us the, His heart towards uh, the same love towards Him as He has for us. Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank You for the gift of Your Word that reveals You to us and for the power of the Holy Spirit that uh, graciously convicts us of sin and brings us to repentance and, and, and makes Jesus Christ great in our hearts. We pray that you would help each one of us to, to take that to heart and to, to make a determined decision to seek you and to think on and to meditate on your word. And I pray that in, in those who do, that you would greatly enlarge their hearts and transform their minds. We thank you for this for your word this morning and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.